At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always follow the, follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Today, the lead handicapper of picks and parlays, Craig Trapp, has exclusive free NFL winners for Friday night. Craig is coming off a very profitable Thursday and is giving out tonight's NBA nine-star play in the Heat versus Knicks matchup 100% free. No strings and nothing to purchase for your free pick to your phone. Just text VEASAN to 775-375-4500. That's VEASAN to 775-375-4500. It is a pleasure to have back in the program Jonathan Von Tobel. He is our VEASAN senior NBA analyst. Follow him on Twitter as I do at me. JVT and Jonathan, we've got some uh, interesting games here as we get into the second half swing here of the NBA slate. Let's start off with the Raptors uh, laying a small number here at Charlotte tonight. Raptors are an interesting team in the East. Uh, maybe a bit of a surprise in the first half. What do you make as they begin their second half? Yeah, the, the market really underrated them. I think uh, I've, I haven't updated it since yesterday, but I think they're like two or three wins away from uh, surpassing their win total for the year. So. Um, they, they, look, they're a really good team. Injuries and all of the madness uh, that has gone on with that squad has really derailed it. But what I'm more interested here is, is in Charlotte, guys, because if you go to the way the first half ended, and it's not the first half, it's like the first three quarters of the season, uh, but they went into the uh, all-star break on a one and eight slide straight up, and they only covered three of those games. And uh, that slump against the spread extends out a little bit farther. But what's been interesting about that slump is that offensively, they've been really bad. Like over that stretch of games, they've been 24th in offensive efficiency. Uh, they're shooting around like 32% from three. Like it's been really atrocious what you've seen from Charlotte. But so the, the cleaning the glasses is really cool metric. And essentially what it does is it takes your quality of shots and it tells you what your effective field goal percentage would be if you shot league average on those attempts. And if you give the Hornets league average on those shot attempts, they'd be the first first team in terms of effective field goal percentage over that stretch. If you go even farther, they're generating wide open looks from three at the exact same rate, but they've gone from shooting 38% to 29% Whoa. on those attempts. And they're still, they're still, they've actually, actually really lethal in transition, top six uh, in multiple categories across the board in terms of offensive transition. So I think really uh, in this second half, I'm looking for the Hornets to kind of bounce back here offensively. Like maybe the break helps them out. James Booknight, you know, getting in the fight with Borrego and things kind of falling apart on the sidelines a little bit. You give you time, give time to recharge. And in this matchup, Fred VanVleet's questionable with a sore knee. I think he's going to play. But I kind of want to buy on Charlotte early to see if those uh, those woes kind of correct themselves. So I think I'll be in the uh, the camp of the Charlotte Hornets tonight. All right. If you watch the Knicks, 
before the All-Star break. They looked like a drunk trying to cross an icy street. <laughs> uh, they stumbled into the All-Star break. How are they going to come out of the break, JVT? Uh, Tom Thibodeau on thin ice there. He's in the second year of a five-year deal, and uh, things are getting chaotic with the Knicks. Now, tonight at the Garden, the Mecca, will, will there be some magic? The Knicks are five-and-a-half-point dogs to my Miami Heat. How do you see the Heat-Knicks game? <laughs> right. So I, I don't have a play here, humans. This is more of like observationally what I want to see from New York because we get the report the other day uh, that Kimball Walker is no longer going to be with the team. And it, it, this time for good, right? We, we got that earlier in the year. And eventually at one point he found his way back into the rotation. Uh, but this looks like it's going to be for the rest of the season. Then they'll work on dealing him in the offseason. So with that in mind, uh, you would assume maybe that they start to skew a little bit younger here, like Emmanuel quickly maybe getting the start at point guard potentially. Uh, you know, you already have Quentin Grimes regularly in the starting lineup. So this is what I'm kind of hoping for New York, because if that's going to be the case, they actually kind of might be a bet on team going forward. I don't know about making a push for the play in, but mm-hmm. if you start to give more of these starting minutes to the young guys like quickly and Grimes and others, Cam Reddish is also there too, which is the direction I think they need to go. Then maybe all of a sudden you get a little bit of injection of competition into this team. And Derek Rose is going to come back at some point and their depth chart officially has Alec Burks listed as their starting point guard now. But if you look at some of the numbers, with Burks as their starting point guard or playing at the point guard position, they get outscored by nearly four points every 100 possessions. But with quickly and a larger sample size, they outscore opponents by just over two points per 100 possessions. I'm really hoping that's the direction the Knicks go. So I want to see what they do today. I think Tibbs is on thin ice, and he's got to start looking toward the future and developing some of these young dudes. And to me, that would mean putting Reddish and Quickly and Grimes out there and just seeing what the young guys have, top and included as well, too. It's just young guys and Tibbs. Don't go well. No, again. that's not his mo. He right. doesn't like to play the young guys. He likes but, to he likes to play the veterans. And that's let, what he why he right. always gets fired, right? JVT. Right. This is why he gets moved around so much. Well, he just, he grinds his players into the dust. But like yeah. again, like when you're looking at where these team where this team is at right now, right? You know, they're they're going back to like the Derrick Rose report that he's going to come back soon. For what? Like, what's the point? You know, you're you're far out of the 10 seed, and like, sure, maybe you can make a push and get the 10 seed, and then lose in the play in to like Atlanta or something. <laughs> like, to me, it's just. Your eye should be toward the future. You actually have some really intriguing and good young pieces for the New York Knicks. It should be about seeing what they have with with a higher or a bigger load on their shoulders. And quickly has responded extremely well uh, in times where he's had to run the point. So uh, to me, that's what it should be about you. But you're right. That's not in Tibbs' MO. It's just let's get to the playoffs. So let's grind this out, boys. And I just don't know if that's the case. Hey, when you break down the numbers on the Knicks, uh, I guess how much of an indictment is it on Tom Thibodeau's coaching? What do you think the biggest weaknesses are? Uh, with the Knicks, because you just said, and I think we should put this clip up on V Sin Live. He said, "quote Maybe the Knicks will be a bet on team going forward." Yeah. Uh, what do the numbers show you about the Knicks at this point? Yeah, but to be clear to you, maybe they're a bet on team if they throw the young guys out there. Right. To me, that's right. Like if you look at a guy like Grimes, Grimes improves their defensive rating by like four points every 100 possessions. I mentioned what their offense is like or their team overall when Emmanuel quickly runs the point guard. Like there's positive numbers behind the young guys. And so I think that's to me, that's the key. You got to flip this thing over to the kids. So because, you know, like, are they going to get immensely better? No. Like right now, they're 21st in offensive efficiency in non-garbage time minutes. They're 16th in defense. Uh, their defensive woes, as we have talked about, Matt, like going back to last year, you saw this coming. It was like a train. <laughs> like you knew that this was coming, that they were going to regress defensively because they were mm-hmm. getting, for lack of a better term, lucky last year. But to me, it's like when you see some of these games where like Julius Randle gets a post up on a Bruce Brown against Brooklyn and decides to like just instead of taking him to the hole, shoot a jumper over his head. Like I think you just kind of need to get more flow in your offense and you just need to get a little bit more competition out there because these young guys are actually really trying hard. So 
to, to me, it's not so much about numbers. It's just about putting young guys out there who want an opportunity and are playing a little bit harder at this point. And I think that'll make them a little bit more of a bet on type of team. And by the way, today's point, you actually might get what Tom Thibodeau wants because Thibodeau wants those guys who are like slapping the floor and getting <laughs> after it. And the young guys have. I like Thibodeau as a coach. I wish he'd develop his young players yeah. a little bit more and play them more. Hey, uh, check out the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. v senior NBA analyst. Jonathan Von Tobel looks at all the angles for the games to determine who is playing, what kind of a situation a team is in, every other aspect of the matchup as well. Uh, there's so many great opportunities in betting the NBA on a nightly basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, make some money on it. Why not? Hardwood Handicappers podcast is free, available now at vcin.com slash podcast. While you are there, catch up on every vcin show as well. Again, that's vcin.com slash podcast. I wanted to mention this too. Starting this Sunday night, uh, during the football season, we did you and I did the opening line show for here from Circa. You're g- going to uh, tip off a new NBA show this Sunday night, right? Give us the details. Yeah, uh, Hardwood Handicappers is going to expand to a two-hour live program on Sunday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, what is that, 9 to 11 on the East Coast? Um, I'm not great with conversions. I think you just <laughs> add three. But regardless, yes, and Matt Humans is going to be with me for every single episode, just like on opening lines every single night because he's a big NBA guy. So uh, as we move forward, it's going to be great. Dynamic duo back together for six days a week. Absolutely love That's it, gentlemen. false advertising. But <laughs> I, I said I would come back for the playoffs. In fact, you would be amazed to know that 20 years ago, I bet the NBA. I loved to bet the NBA. 15 years ago, yeah. I loved to bet the NBA. Just got a little burned out on it. Well, you, I still, and I love the NBA playoffs. I said, I'll come we, back. We get you fired up for the NBA shows playoffs. with you for the playoffs. But my focus is on college hoops for the next six weeks. I wonder hey. if the Lakers will be a, a, a team in the playoffs that we're talking about, JVT. We know LeBron questionable for the Battle of L.A. tonight against the Clippers. Carmelo probable for the game. What do you make of this? And what do you make of the Lakers overall? Yeah, so I kind of like the Clippers here in the spot, and and I just it's interesting because LeBron, by the way, is on the injury report today. He is listed as questionable with knee soreness. Now he's been on the injury report almost every single game, but the difference is is that he's coming off of an All Star break in which he was talking about maybe rejoining the Cavs and you know getting all pissy with the front office <laughs> of the Los Angeles Lakers. So maybe this is the start of if you remember at the end of last uh, his first year with the Lakers where he suddenly, I think it was a back injury and he shut it down for the rest of the season. So it's something worth keeping an eye on here for the Lakers. But I, so Dave, I, I'm the Lakers are interesting because, you know, I'm big on analytics and data and numbers and all these things, but what the future looks like this season for the Lakers is all things that are not dependent on that. It's does LeBron care? Because if you look at some of these lineups, I was on uh, our colleague, Daniel Avari's LA city cast yesterday. And we were talking about this where it's, you know, LeBron James actually at center with Russell Westbrook playing point guard is more a really good, actually, configuration for the Los Angeles Lakers without AD on the floor, by the way. Um, they are plus 6.7 in those possessions with those two out there. Uh, it's a really good lineup. One of the more effective lineups is him and Avery Bradley's not going to play today, but it's those two, Avery Bradley, Malik Monk, uh, and Stanley Johnson, which is about plus 13 per 100 possessions. So, like, there's things out there that they can do. The problem is, like, is is LeBron going to care as we move into the last seven weeks of the season? Or is he so turned off by the fact that he was rebuffed by the front office to make a move that he's not going to really try and he's going to sit out some of these games of knee soreness, whatever it is? I tend to think he's going to care. I, I tend to think that he doesn't want this team to miss out on the postseason. He'll fight uh, for a play-in situation, and then it could come down to an all-L.A. play-in for the final seed, which would be awesome. But I think in this matchup, when you know about the two of these teams is that the Clippers are consistent. They're really solid defensively. They got their defensive swagger back in the last five games for the all-star break. And I just think that with the 
absence of Anthony Davis, the weird configurations, the fact that Bradley won't be out there as part of one of their more effective lineups. I think the uh, Clippers will be pretty alive here tonight. All right. Uh, is that your best bet? How many uh, plays are you going to put up on the market report on vcin.com? Uh, so far, two in humans. I guess if I had a best bet, it might be the Hornets. But as I'm talking to you guys, points bet just flashed up to three and a half. So we'll see. I have to dive a little bit more and see what's going on here. Uh, but I think uh, the Hornets and the Clippers will definitely be up there, barring anything uh, injury report-wise that's popped up here. All right, man. Sit back and enjoy the show from DeMar DeRozan and the Bulls, okay? <laughs> uh, MVP. I, by the way, Beeson.com really quickly. I wrote a case for and against for the MVP. There's there's no case for DeMar DeRozan against him. It's it's incredible. He's amazing. After what he did last night, he should be one of the top three options. All right, 17 to 1 right now, but I know you guys got a much better number at around 50 to 1. Not too long ago. Uh, JVT, really appreciate the information as always. And again, follow him on Twitter at me. JVT. Uh, kind of talk some more hoops. Come on back right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. the Sports Betting Network. First Bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code Vegas1000. Receive $10 instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. Visit VEASAN.com slash horses for details. Use the bonus code Vegas1000. Back here alongside Matt Humans. I am Dave Ross. Are you getting hungry yet? Like now, part of the day, we were just talking about diners. Mm. During the break, I try not to think about it. And, you know, Dan comes out, hey, you guys want anything from Dunkin' Donuts? I'm All like, right. no, trying to be healthier. Well, the answer is always yes, I want something, but I'm trying to be healthier. And now I got to wait 45 minutes. We're going to have Steve Prom up, by mm-hmm. the way, up in the next segment. Uh, former Iowa State head coach, talk all things NCAA tournament. That's right. And even Murray State, maybe, because I think they could be a dangerous team. We'll get to all that. But I'm starting to get really hungry. Well, I'm a, I'm a major advocate for healthy eating. And um, so after today's show, I'll probably stop by the McDonald's drive-thru or uh, Burger King or Wendy's, something on the way home. To pick Maybe up we'll a, do a Denny's a sometime. Breakfast sandwich. You when you me. ask me, am I hungry? It seems like I'm hungry constantly. 
I know. It's, Seriously, I just uh, it, it, always want to eat. It's amazing I'm not <clears throat> obese. Hey, you're in, you're in good shape. Decent shape. Let's talk about uh, what's going on in Miami. Because the fighting uh-huh. fish with Tua Tungavailoa. You like Tua? Uh, I think with – I've never been uh, crazy about Tua. Let's put it that way. I, I thought it was insane when uh, a year before the NFL draft, he was the odds-on favorite to be the number one pick. I thought that Justin Herbert should have been the favorite to be the top pick in that draft. Well, they'd like uh, to have a duo over there. Before his last year at Oregon. And, um, you know, and then Joe Burrow had the best season any college quarterbacks ever had at LSU with 60 TDs and six interceptions. And Burrow became the number one pick. And uh, now, if you could redraft that, I think Burrow still be number one. Justin Herbert would be two. How far would Tua, how far would Tua slip? That's a question. Would he even be a first round pick? I'm not sure. I don't think so. In fact, I think he'd be second, probably somewhere in the second round, maybe third round pick. But you can't do over drafts in two seasons with the Dolphins. Of all quarterbacks in the NFL who've thrown at least 500 passes, Tua ranks 24th in passer rating. That's not very impressive. Now, what, and you can't always put that all on the quarterback. It's, you know, a lot about the supporting cast, the offensive line, the running game, and all that. And I think what's going to happen here with a new coach coming in who is really good at designing running attacks. Daryl Bevel. Well, I'm talking about Mike McDaniel. Oh, yeah. Specifically the head coach, but Bevel's going to be the offensive coordinator. But what they're going to do with the Dolphins, I think, is try to build the offense around the run. And that will make Tua a more efficient passer in theory. I think that's the plan in Miami. Here's what Bevel had to say, and he will be working directly with him, obviously, as a QB coach and assisting with that offensive game plan. Quote, I think it's important for me to be able to see the ball coming out of his hand in person. I can see it on tape. I can see him making some of the throws. There are questions that I have, but I want to see the ball come out of his hand in person. Basically saying that's the thing for me. I always see it on tape. It's hard to tell the true velocity, so I want to be able to get down there, see him on the grass, and see exactly what it looks like. Okay. From what I've seen, we'll definitely have to be able to, to have high success from him to be able to throw the football. He can make many of the throws that we're going to ask him to do, and the ones that he can't, then I think we're going to do something different. That okay, woo, makes that, sense. So, so here it is. I can see it on tape, but I can't really see it because I'm just seeing it on tape. No, that's no, that's just a lot of BS in that quote. That's what it is. He's talking in circles because he doesn't want to tell you what he really thinks. Which is that they need another quarterback in Miami. Is that he doesn't think Tua can get the job done, but they're going to try to make it work because they're going to tailor the offense to his specific skills and what he does the best, and they're not going to ask him to do all the other things that he can't do well. That's basically what he just said. You know, going back to when he came in, you know, and, and replaced Jalen Hurts in the SEC title game, and, you know, that's kind of the legend of Tua at Alabama, sure. right? It was the injury for me that concerned me. If you remember, he had that hip situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never thought that he's been the same since then. And that was in college. Yeah. So, like, th- th- I know that people are very harsh on two. And I think you can, if you're just analyzing what he's done, he, rightfully so. But I don't know that he's ever been healthy. So, if, if and by the way, that's a bigger problem. If this is healthy Tua, that's the bigger problem. Because this is the best version of healthy Tua that you're going to get, if this okay. is what it is. So if this is healthy Tua, then you really have to evaluate it, and Daryl Bevel might be onto something that this just isn't good enough. So we'll see how that plays out. Like, if you're hurt, I'll give you the excuse. If this is you healthy, the number, it's not good. That's the bigger problem. Well, he's also a, still a young quarterback. He is. So 
if you went back and looked at Drew Brees his first two or three years in the league, you might draw the conclusion, hey, this guy can't play. Bad shoulder, remember? Yeah. Had the surgery, and, and then, then the rest was history. They became, he turned into an all-time great. That's there, right. there are a lot of quarterbacks who haven't looked good in their first two or three years who developed into really good starting quarterbacks in the right system with the right head coach or coordinator, whatever it may be. Uh, with Tua so far, there have been a lot of highs and lows, and people love to rip the kid when they're, they're lows. I think what he is right now is a me- mediocre NFL quarterback who needs to get more accurate as a passer, is nowhere near as mobile as uh, maybe the perception is. Right. He's not really a runner. Uh, he's not that mobile a quarterback. So I think he's got some limitations. And the, Dolph- the new Dolphins coaching staff is <clears throat> going to tell you uh, this season quickly what they think of him because – They inherited uh, him. This is not right. draft picks. This right. is not this their is... hand-picked guy. That's right. So. All right. But, you know, when you start to really look at the draft, and I know a lot of people love to to bet the NFL draft, and why wouldn't you? You're going to try to pick guys with teams. And maybe you can read through the tea leaves a little bit, but there are a lot of smoke screens that come out. So before, when you hear a report, don't run to the window and go, oh, this is a lock. He's going to be a top five pick. Mm -hmm. Kyle Hamilton is an intriguing prospect, the Notre Dame safety. And we are seeing some reports out of ESPN that he might go four to the Jets. That's their first selection. And according, the team is said to, quote, like Hamilton a lot. Yeah, I like Hamilton a lot, too. I liked him a lot at Notre Dame. But the key word you said in there was safety. How high can you draft a safety? Well, haven't they been burned already in New York with that? Well, you had to trade away your your highest paid safety, trade him to Seattle. Oh, Jamal Adams. That's, and uh, since Jamal Adams has been in Seattle, has he transformed the Seahawks defense? That's of course the point, not. Right? He hasn't. And, and, and Jamal, that's why I think it's hard to make a case to draft a safety in the top five. In the top five. You got to draft a franchise changing player. You talk about game changers. You got to talk, you got to, when you have a top five pick, you got to make it count. Uh, the Raiders didn't do that when they drafted Cleveland Farrell. He hasn't transformed no. the defense. You can't make mistakes like that when you have top five picks. You have to draft guys who are going to make a big difference in your football team. I think that's why you're going to see these edge rushers go off the board first. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. Or, you know, you can also make a strong case for a dominant offensive lineman. Yes. I prefer to build offensive lines through the second, third, fourth, fifth round picks. I think you end free agency. I think that's probably the best way to do it. Uh, But if there's a guy up there in the top five who's irresistible to you, uh, I could sign off on that. And you got a couple really good offensive line prospects up here. I'm not sure Kyle Hamilton, as much as I like him, I can make a case for him being a top five pick. That'd be very interesting. And again, you see 70 to one of the odds for Hamilton to go number one overall. I'm with you. That seems like a real stretch just because of the safety position, to your point. it's If it's corner, it's a different thing. Safety. Oh, if it's Deion Sanders. Right. Somebody like that. If it's a corner who can do it. Jalen Ramsey, your guy. No, I don't like <laughs> uh, this is an interesting uh, <laughs> prediction, and we're seeing this uh, pro football focus is predicting that the Broncos will sign Chandler Jones. Now, normally, well, what's that? That's not that big a deal. They're 22 to one right now to win the Super Bowl. Now, if you could tell me that you're going to get Chandler Jones at, at edge. And Aaron Rodgers. I knew you were going there. Aaron Rodgers. Well, now it's 22 to 1. <laughs> it's Matt. a package deal. Now, right. Chandler Jones and Aaron Rodgers. I'll take the 22 to 1 there on the Broncos. Go. Yeah. Right, because now you give me an edge rusher to go with the guys okay, like the Bradley Chubbs. Okay, but you Chubbs. don't know that now. So well, this you, are you is what take pro, the, fo- pro Football Focus is saying. Okay, but 
even if Chandler Jones goes there, let's say that you're going to take the 22 to one and just gamble that Aaron Rodgers is going to end up with the Broncos. Would you make that bet? If you okay, if you guarantee me that I got Chandler Jones to add to that defensive line, because if you don't is, get Rodgers, that's a losing bet. Correct. It, it all hinges on that. So, like, no, this is not part and parcel. This isn't like Aaron Rodgers is going to go. Oh, they got Chandler Jones. Right. Now I got to go to Denver. But it, it, you know, if you are making those type of moves, and obviously you want to improve your, your football team any way you can, that really helps you possibly have a dominant front. Mm-hmm. Look at the Rams winning the Super Bowl last year. You know they. They're front four, pretty darn good. I know it helps when you got Aaron Rod- Aaron Donald in there at 99 to start off. Then you can get a Matthew Stafford, a first-year quarterback in a new system, and go win a Super Bowl. When the Bucs did it two years ago, Tom Brady, first-year quarterback, new system, dominant do- defensive line that yeah. year, right? So those things do add up where I say, hey, now I have a deep, if I'm a prospective Aaron Rodgers, and if it's not Aaron Rodgers, maybe it is Russell Wilson. I was twenty-two. It could be to Russell one? Wilson too. Right. You know, we talked about that yesterday. I, I would take a look at that futures board. You know, possibly with Russell Wilson to take the first snap uh, for the Broncos. When you were out to breakfast yesterday morning with uh, Tyler, <laughs> Tyler Folgem of ESPN, did you guys talk about that Rams dominant defensive front? Did you? He was wearing an Aaron Donald jersey to breakfast in public. Who does that? Monster. Mm. When we come back, Steve Prohm's going to join us. We're going to break down everything that we think might happen in the NCAA tournament as we get ready for conference title games. Can't believe it. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Come on back. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Follow the money on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. DraftKings Casino brings you a new era of your favorite games, including blackjack, roulette, slots, plus live dealer table table games. And just this week, the DraftKings Casino has paid out some huge win. A player bet $10 and won over $11,000 on Pharaohs. Another bet of, of just $2 won $6,000 on Dancing Drums Explosion. And a different big winner bet $5 and won $5,000 on Cash Eruption. Download the DraftKings Casino app today. New customers can claim a deposit bonus up to $2,000. Plus, DraftKings is starting you off with up to $50 in free credits just for signing up. So download the DraftKings Casino app and use the code VEASAN to claim this offer. Must be 21 for entertainment purposes only. No results guaranteed. See casino.draftkings.com for full details. Back alongside Matt Humans, I am Dave Ross. It is a pleasure to have the former head coach from Iowa State and Murray State, Steve Prome, join the program now. Uh, Steve, it's that time of year as we're getting closer to conference tournaments and the uh, the NCAA tournament, of course. When you look at traits, and you had some really good teams both at Murray State and Iowa State, if you have a trait of a team that you think can make a run deep into either a conference tournament or the NCAA tournament, what is that trait that you'd look for? I think good guard play. I think, number one, uh, good guard play. I think that's what can really win in the postseason and, and win tournament games. Obviously, chemistry, uh, you know, depth to a certain degree. But I really think guard play, I think, is the biggest thing, especially when you get into tournament play. All right, Steve, I'm going to ask you this. You coached the Murray State team to won 31 games. You got to the tournament. Uh, you won in the first round. What teams, um, we'll call them mid-majors, even though I'm not crazy about that term, what type of uh, teams like that do you think are going to be dangerous in this tournament? Let's talk about my list has 
Murray State on it, Davidson, South Dakota State, New Mexico State, Iona. Uh, what teams do you like, and how good is this Murray State team? Well, I think you've got a good list right there. Uh, the tough part for some of those teams, uh, being at the mid-major level, as we all know, you can have phenomenal regular seasons, and for a lot of them, you still got to go finish the deal at your conference tournament. Uh, South Dakota State's had an amazing year. They have a chance to run the table, go undefeated in their league. Obviously, Iona with Coach Patino. Uh, you know, North Texas, uh, Grant McCaslin, those guys I think are a team that you really got to watch yeah. uh, from that standpoint. But, you know, I, 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 Murray State, obviously, I've had a chance to watch them be down for some games and some practices. I really like this team. They've got great balance. Uh, they play both ends of the floor. Uh, they've got three guys capable of, having 30-point nights, which they've had this year, uh, in Juice Hill, K.J. Williams, and Tevin Brown. Um, and they just have a they have the itch factor. And they've got a chance as well as uh, South Dakota State, like I mentioned, where if they win at SEMO on Saturday, to be the sixth team ever in their conference to, to run the table. Murray State right now 25-1, to by the way, to make a run all the way to the Final Four if you want to look for a long shot there. And, Steve, it is interesting. Like, Matt brings up the mid-major, and I know it's like a misnomer a lot. Uh, out there in college basketball, but you did, you know, as the head coach of Murray State and then at Iowa State in the Big 12, you know, a lot of people talk about Gonzaga, obviously number one in the country, and they look at the strength of schedule in the WCC and go, well, they're not going to be battle-tested until they get to the NCAA tournament. How big is it, the conference plays and the conferences you do play, to kind of be a predictor for what might happen come March? Yeah, I think it just gets you ready. I think uh, a lot of these teams, when you mentioned Gonzaga, uh, and they're having a phenomenal run through their conference. Um, you know, a lot of people are very excited about the West Coast Conference in the preseason with teams like San Francisco, St. Mary's, BYU, Santa Clara. Uh, but Gonzaga has been dominating. I mean, last night they go on the road and double figures at San Francisco and really lead start to finish. Um, but they test themselves so well. At a conference, Texas, Texas, Texas Tech, you know UCLA and Arizona. Excuse me, Duke. Uh, so, so many good teams. But you know, if you take it, I just I know Murray's situation the best. You know, they played in a really good mid-major tournament this year. They played at Auburn. Uh, they won at Memphis. Uh, they've got two guys on their team that's won in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they're old, and a lot of these great mid-major teams. When you go and look at their rosters. I would be shocked if they're not junior, senior, laden team. Yeah, no question about it. And again, right now, just to get to the final four, Gonzaga minus one hundred and five. If you don't like them to go all the way down mm-hmm. there and, and cut the nets down, Steve, let's let's talk a little bit about some dangerous teams that we think might be around those two lines that you see out there. I don't know where Duke's going to end up. I think they could be a two, uh, and certainly, you know, you can talk about Illinois, possibly the Baylor Bears, teams like that. Purdue, they don't defend very well. Which teams out of the top seeds that we believe do you think might be really not a surprise as a two, but could really give those ones fits? Well, I love Baylor. I think Baylor's the biggest thing Baylor's struggling with right now is just they've just been unhealthy. You know, they've had injuries, obviously losing uh, JTT, Chachawise. It was a huge loss for them, and they're trying to, you know, Fama's got to step up. They're going to have to play some young guys at the five. They're going to play small ball some, it looks like. Uh, but I, I really like Baylor. I think they have the DNA. Uh, Scott Drew, obviously, defending national champions. Um, 
they've done a phenomenal job and they've had an amazing run these this last several years. Duke, when you look at those guys from a standpoint of their talent level, obviously Chesky's last year, you've got to like Duke. Purdue, people do. They question the defense. Um, but Matt Painter's team is, has been really good from start to finish. They're big. Uh, they're solid in the backcourt, but their wings and front court are, are dominating. And I, I really like Purdue as well. But, you know, I think it's an open, you know, you, I think people kind of know the one seed. The interesting thing right now is that Kentucky-Kansas debate, who gets the last one seed. But if you're talking about Kentucky as a two seed, man, you've got to like those guys. I mean, they're, they're playing as good as anybody right now in the country. Kentucky's going to be at Arkansas uh, this weekend. Hey, I want to ask you, you coach in the Big 12, so you know these teams so well. Um, are you surprised that Texas has been somewhat of a disappointment in Chris Beard's first season after going from Lubbock to Austin? And did you expect Texas Tech to be this good under Mark Adams? And what do you think the ceiling is for this Red Raiders team? Because it's pretty impressive. Well, starting with Texas, I think the expectation, sometimes expectations can change the way you look at teams. Um, I mean, a lot of teams in college basketball would love to have 20 wins right now. And they've got nine wins in the Big 12, arguably the toughest league in the country. They've won 20 games. Um, they just they just haven't become a top five, top ten team like people probably had them picked in the preseason. And I think it takes a little bit of time for Coach Beard to get, you know, to implement his style, his culture, you know, his foundation, the way he likes to do things. And I think you've seen some great moments from Texas this year, uh, and you've seen some subpar moments. But I wouldn't bet against his team as we get into the postseason because they've got some toughness. They do have older guys. They do have experience. Um, But the only guy on their team that's won in the NCAA tournament is Christian Bishop. Uh, The Texas, the guys returning from Texas have played in the tournament. They just haven't won in the tournament. Uh, And then you go to Texas Tech, and I don't think it's a shock at all. I think Mark Adams is one of the best coaches in the country. I think he, when he got the job, he was already widely, widely respected amongst his peers across the country. And then they had a lot of guys back that had been in that culture, been in that DNA for a long time. When you look at Terrence Shannon, Kevin McCullough, Santos Silva, Clarence Madalny, and then they did a great job of hitting in the portal with O'Banner, the transfer from Old Roberts, and then the guy that throws you over, Bryson Williams, can really score inside and outside. You know, people question Tech. Do they have great point guard play? They're going to be in every game because they're so good defensively. And if they're playing well on the offensive end, they're going to be a very, very tough out. i like them to make a deep run. Got about a minute and a half to go here with Steve Prom. And, Steve, you know, I'm old. I remember when David Robinson uh, at the Naval Academy, they go to the Carrier Dome and beat Syracuse, right? And everybody goes, how does Navy beat Syracuse? Then you realize how good the Admiral is. Carmelo Anthony, <laughs> hop on my back, 2003, all the way to a national championship. Is there a singular player that you see in college basketball? I know Oscar DeChibwe is the favorite to be, to be player of the year. Is there a dynamic player like that that you could see in the tournament that says, hop on my back and I can go win you two, three games? I, I don't think from that standpoint, you know, like a Danny Manning or a Carmelo Anthony uh, with that type of star power from that standpoint, um, obviously the guy that I've been impressed with from start to finish and 
they asked for Big 12. We were on a show and who would be the Big 12 player of the year. I've been really impressed with Ochai Abaji yeah. up in Kansas. Uh, whether he becomes the national player of the year or not, I don't know. I would think he's going to be the Big 12 player of the year, which is a huge feather in his cap. But I, but I really like him. But there's a great group of guys up there. I mean, you saw EJ Liddell last night, you know, playing sick at Illinois. Kofi, you know, Kofi at Illinois. Uh, and then you can go to, obviously, Sheboy, Johnny Davis uh, up in Wisconsin. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of guys, you know, that are all deserving. Jabari Smith at Auburn. I mean, he's one because of his skill set offensively that can say, hey, let's go. Uh, because, you know, some people want to, you know, get on Auburn and their point guard play and guard play. Got to wrap it up, uh, Coach. Really appreciate your time. We're back right here on these and these Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. He knows the quarterback was on coke. If his girlfriend was not on These games are a burial, a blowout, a human lock. You can bet your children's unborn children's children I was so good that whenever I bet, I could change the odds for every bookmaker in the country. It is time for In Pocket Plays right here. Dave Ross alongside Matt Humans as we wrap up another week of Follow the Money. We're going to have uh, Mitch and Pauly will be back on Monday. But I'll be curious. Mm-hmm. You had a nice W last night on that uh, whacked out court up there. Is this still McCarthy Court? What Oregon. They? Yeah. Used to be uh, MacArthur Court. I don't know if it still is, but I don't know. I don't. Oregon like was a three-point home dog last night, and actually uh, led by five at the half. Uh, blew most of a 13-point lead, and uh, regrouped and uh, won the game. Beat UCLA by five to sweep the Bruins in the regular season, and they can go for an LA sweep uh, this weekend and uh, take two from USC as well. So that's going to be interesting to see if uh, the Ducks can go four and zero against the LA teams this weekend. But it was nice to get back on the winning track. Last night, I did have a uh, small loser on San Francisco plus 10. I had a small winner on Utah Valley uh, last night as well. But, uh, man, this Friday card's not very attractive. No. 
Uh, looks like Iowa's taking a little bit of money against uh, Northwestern. Uh, I kind of like Penn State. Excuse me. I, I, I was taking a little bit of money against Nebraska. Iowa's an 11 and a half, 12. Most places going to 12 on Iowa. Uh, I kind of like Penn State against Northwestern, but this number's dropped overnight from two to one and a half, mm. which indicates there's some sharper money on the Purple Cats. So I'm staying off that game as of right now. In the, in the uh, Mountain West tonight, you've got San Jose State at San Diego State. And it's not like the Spartans are any threat to win the game, but they're off their first Mountain West win. They beat New Mexico 71-55 to over the weekend. Tim Miles, former Nebraska coach, yeah. former Colorado State Nebraska coach, 1-14 uh, now in the Mountain West. Um, how about this uh, little-known fact from college hoops? Omari Moore of uh, San Jose State. 18 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, and that win against New Mexico, that's the third triple-double in San Jose State history. That was last weekend. Uh, San Jose, a 22-point dog at San Diego State tonight. I don't think I can get there with that dog. Um, if I played it, I would probably take the points with San Jose. But, man, right now I'm having a tough time uh, finding a play on tonight's uh, college hoops card, maybe later today, if you ask me on Twitter. I'll have something. And I'll definitely put some Twitter plays up for Saturday on uh, College Hoops because uh, it's a monster, monster card on Saturday. Right now with golf, Brooks Kepka sitting, sitting pretty. He's okay. Two under. Not going to get carried away. No, he's only a couple off the lead here. Uh, he got off to a hot start yesterday. He was yeah. three under on the front nine. Then you get to the bear trap, holes 15 through 17. Oof. Kepka kind of limped to the finish line, but he got to two under. His odds got chopped from 22 to one before the tournament to 11 to one. That's right. Or so heading into uh, round two, uh, Keith Mitchell, Mackenzie Hughes, those guys were right around par yesterday. Yeah. Uh, they're still in it. Aaron Wise, I think, is out of it. Uh, but hopefully, well, Kepka can get us in the winner's circle. Well, that's what um, I want to ask you about there because I, I, for handicapping during the tournament, right? So now you got a good number with Kepka because it's been shorted, cut in half to 11 to 1. So you're sitting at least with 22 to 1, you got good value, there, mm-hmm. right? And I saw, like, Mackenzie Hughes, and I watched a little bit of his round. He was kind of up and down all day. But, you know, right there around even par. I like to try to forecast, once we see how the conditions are in the courses, what we think the winning number is going to be, somewhere in that vicinity. Good question. And so, like, I- I'm looking at about a 12 under par. Do you think he even gets oh, there? Yeah, I do. I think I think it'll get to uh, – I think you're right. The number I had in my head when I was watching yesterday was 11 or 12 under for the winner uh, this weekend. So, you got to no, think about who can get there. Right. What's that? I think you got to think about who can get to that number well, that we're talking Ke- about. See, that's the thing. Kepka was three under yesterday, and I said, man, I'd like to see him get to five, and he backed up, and he went to two under, so I wasn't that uh, crazy about the way he played. But if Brooks can go out today and shoot three under, and he's five under headed to the weekend, I'd, I'd feel pretty good about his chances. I don't think it, you know, highly unlikely that any player is going to run away and hide. Like we saw last tournament. week. Yeah. yeah. We, we, again, Eamon. And, you know, Neiman didn't really hide. No, he didn't it, run away. He kind of backed up on the weekend, especially on Sunday. And held Colin, on. Colin Morikawa almost Woo. almost caught him. Uh, but Kepka, you know, Louie Ustazen, by the way, your friend Tyler Fulgham, who you went to breakfast with yeah, we yesterday. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Mamas. He, he was talking up uh, Louie Ustazen, right? Not a good day. Six over yesterday. Blew up. Did you, by the uh, way, did you see Matt? A, this is not a very strong field. I think you can make a case that uh, Brooks is the best player in this field. Well, and then when you take out a Louis Ustazen, because barring a great round two. So JM blew up as well? My goodness. And also, Matt Wolf. Did you see Wolfie? 
oh my goodness, dead last in the field, the last. 11 over? 11, so like, I look at some of these guys and I go, where's the pedigree? I would I would make fun of Matt Wolf, but I, I would probably shoot 21 over on that course. Oh no, it's, so, it's yeah. definitely tough conditions. There's water everywhere. Unlike Riviera a week ago in LA, no water on the course. Here, it's water everywhere. Right. So that's why I kind of like your 22 to one. I did not play Brooks pre-flop. I'm not gonna hop in now at 11 to one. Because when I look at class players, and not that Matt Wolf is an established class player, but he's a guy that you thought pre-tournament that maybe could get hot. He goes in the direct the opposite direction. Louis Oosthuizen probably has removed himself from consideration uh, for the rest of the weekend. So now you look at the top 10. Okay, Daniel Berger's back in there. He's, he's right now at 500 par, uh, even through six holes in the second round for right. him. Past that, my buddy Pete Uline. I like Pete, but, you know, not exactly well-known. Okay, I'll tell you who, who to look at here. I think Aaron Ray okay. is going to be a long shot. I, and you can find him at 31-1, to 1, I think, right I got now. a better ticket on him. Yeah, you got a much better number. You I, played him. So you're live with uh, Aaron Ray. I think that's a guy to – a longer shot to keep an eye on in the golf tournament and uh, the Honda Classic we're talking about. Also, Daniel Berger, I do believe, is going to be tough to beat this weekend. So even though I say Kepka is the best player in the field, Daniel Berger – this is going to be dangerous this weekend. In not great form for Berger coming in, but health had been an issue yeah. as well. But if he's healthy, he might be one of those guys. Again, that's what I'm looking at. If I'm a Kepka guy, and I am a Kepka guy coming up at Augusta National, 22 to 1, the same number you got this week, <laughs> he's not going to have to fight off the people he's going to fight off at Augusta. I mentioned, Phil, I did check the numbers. They have finally dropped. He's now somewhere around 150 to 1. I had that number well before the drama with the Saudi Golf League, and I think you can understand why that number has even drifted mm-hmm. uh, further south. Will's Outdoors, by the way, 33-1. to 1. Not necessarily the best number, but now that is a better number than you can get because I saw yesterday Circa was 29-1. to 1 uh, We'll see. On Jeff, like I said, Jeff Davis of Circa does a great job mm-hmm. adjusting the golf numbers. They're going to go up and down. We, we've got plenty of time before the Masters. You're in a rush to get to the Masters? I'm saying slow down, man. We've got March Madness to deal with here for the next five weeks. I can't. I wait. love the Masters too, but yeah. let's enjoy March Madness. But no, I'm like you. I've got a couple of uh, Masters futures bets. I've got Cameron Smith at 41 to one, and uh, Willie Z, Will Zalatoris at 40 to one. Those yeah, you get a better number. The only than two I bets that I have made on the Masters so yeah, far. I do love guys uh, like Willie Z and or Cam Smith. That yes, there's there's trouble lurking at Augusta as well. But boy, Cam Smith when he gets hot. Like there's certain players when they get hot. And no, you can't say that about all the players because a lot of these guys are steady eddies. Man, he can go lights out birdie fest. So it, we've seen that. He can go back as far as I remember Charles Schwartzel on the back nine. He went birdie, 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 birdie right. to win at Augusta. You can do that, a birdie blitz to win at Augusta, unlike most other majors. So I do like guys like that. I think Willie Z could be one of those guys. As certainly a Cam Smith could be as well. I'm not confident anymore about my Phil Mickelson wager. If I could get it refunded, I would, but I can't. Yeah, if I were you, I'd probably stop talking about that. <clears throat> you know, well, lose you know lose credibility the more times you talk about betting Phil Mickelson. Now I'm again, but it was just pre Saudi. <laughs> I know. Pre Saudi. Post Saudi, it's a terrible wager. Just drop it, bury it. All right, it's, it's, over. it's done. I can't uh, can't take it back now. Daniel Berger, right now the leader at the Honda Classic oh. at six hundred. I just realized uh, Berger's on the course and. Uh, He's hot. Talk about streaky players. What's he through right Uh, now? Well, he's one under through eight, so he is six under. And who else do we have up there? Aaron? No no other big names. That's about it. There really isn't. So, again, you look at that board if you want to hop in kind of pre-tournament. 
again, you're not going to get the number that you got yesterday at, at Kepka 22 to one, been shorted to 11 to one. But really, the rest of the field, at least so far, outside of Daniel Berger, nobody that really is going to scare you. Mm-hmm. And I also thought that helped out a lot until Kyle Morikawa got hot late. Yeah. The same thing could be said last week for Neem because uh, he looked back and goes, there's nobody, no pedigree guys behind me. And then Morikawa, I think he was eight back on Sunday, almost ran him down. Great thing about this uh, golf tournament, the Honda Classic, is with that bear trap, holes 15 through 17, 18 is no easy hole either. No. Uh, that on the back nine on Sunday, there's going to be plenty of drama. That, that thing's a long way from over. Dave, it's been great doing shows with you here seven days in the last two Ooh. weeks. A lot of fun. Matt had a really good time. I want to thank Tim Doyle, uh, Jonathan Von Tobel, and Steve Prohm for joining us as well. Tyler Ford. Today, Tyler was on yesterday. Okay. But we did have – I got a, I got one more read to get to. I can't screw this up on the last day. Uh, but, of course, the in-pocket plays are presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Uh, and, again, we always appreciate everybody getting us those action. I got it a little bit too early on Phil Mickelson. It's a dead dog, but I'm going to let that dog lie. <laughs> have a winning weekend. Get some wins in pocket. Don't go anywhere. We got you covered all afternoon long right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Take the, take the, take the. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.